Hi, I'm Resham Arden, and this is the Now I Know podcast. Through these insightful conversations, I strive to spread awareness on wellbeing topics and educate our listeners. I'm so pleased to be joined today by Madeline McQueen, who's an award-winning Forbes-featured executive coach and TEDx speaker. In a career which spans 35 years, Madeline has inspired the workforces of brands ranging from Saatchi and Saatchi, Ogilvy, Google, Sky and Nike. Today, amongst other things, we'll be talking about confidence for our well-being, and we'd love the audience to come away today feeling confident and empowered. Welcome, Madeline. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to me. Welcome to you. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. Oh, dear. really appreciate being here, Resham. Oh, no. And I absolutely I'm so grateful for your time because I know how busy you are and you've been moving houses, etc. So Ooh. I'm so it's so lovely to finally connect. And it's great. But I've done a little introduction to yourself and I don't think it does you justice. So could you give the audience a bit more about who Madeline McQueen is? Oh, so, yeah. So I suppose I'll start with, you know, I am the youngest of six girls, um, parents from the Caribbean, uh, born in the year of our Lord, 1969. So I've been on this planet for several decades uh, now in my coming to my mid 50s which I still go sorry what <laughs> um wow. and yeah, uh, yeah I've been married to my husband David McQueen for 28 years I think it is this year uh, together for 35 uh we have uh two daughters 21 and 25 and we are um so and so I yeah I'm an exec coach I work with leaders I work a lot in advertising tech and finance um you know amongst other areas and I also deliver soft skills training and professional speak speeches um and I run a club that's you know exclusively for women in leadership and I yeah so yeah award-winning I think of this year um I know of three, um, two about to be announced. One I've already oh, wow. received, which is great. Um, I'm on a roll this year. And um, I have an absolute passion for people, but certainly for women. And definitely uh, it's about, you know, I have an equation that all of my work is from, which is, you know, clarity. It's getting really clear about what you want, why you want it, why it's important. Um, plus, you know, confidence, you know, that's evidence-based confidence, that's really understanding what you bring to the table um, over empowerment. So with the two of them, you can feel super empowered to do a whole range of things, and there are tools that come with empowerment. Um, and so clarity plus confidence over empowerment equals thrive. And I'm very much about us learning how to live a life that thrives and living on our own terms. So yeah, that's uh, a little bit about me. Wow, love it. Thrive, thrive's a word actually. You know, you are absolutely thriving yeah. this year. Loads of awards and it's amazing. Um, thank you for that. So for all the listeners out there, um, I wanted to touch on an event. The first time I ever saw you speak, because I found mm. you, I found the tools you gave me absolutely life-changing. So a couple of years ago, there was, during lockdown, there was, um, an event in the in the advertising industry called Wackle. So those that haven't heard of it, if you you know go onto LinkedIn, type in WACL. It's like a women in leadership conference every year in the advertising industry. Um, and Madeline, you were one of the speakers, and you you said so many things on that stage, and I just felt like you were speaking to me when I was doing this virtually. And you know, you basically gave me the tools to feel confident and empowered. And it was especially at a time when I was feeling quite low in the workplace. 
Um, and something you you sort of taught me was um, don't let anyone take your power. You know, you shine your light. You know, you are amazing. And, and you, I remember you said something like, you know, you know, put something on your mirror saying, I am magnificent. And I do that. I've got it on my mirrors like I am magnificent because, you know, what you're trying to say to us was, you know, you have the power to be amazing and don't let anyone take that away from you. Mm. Um, and I just absolutely loved it. And this is when I thought about you for the podcast about well-being, because not only did you empower me, but I felt like my well-being in the workplace became more like confident I, I was shining my light brighter you know when I talk about dimming your light or sh you know shining the light but could you give the audience like a bite-sized version of what you did at the Wackle event which inspired me <laughs> yeah I kind of went through the tools of empowerment I think I started with you know this session is about putting your crown on and there are so many things that we um that we do that literally dim our light that um, stop us from feeling better not about ourselves, about our well-being, about who we are. And we're so impacted by that because what happens is we hand our power over to somebody else, hoping that they will show us our value, hoping that they will um, let us know that we have something to offer. And because we keep handing it over and then waiting for the scraps that they give us, it's impacting us on a daily basis. It erodes our confidence it stops us asking the questions that we need to ask it stops us um you know seeing mistakes as they're just a mistake you know like to air is human I I, like I recently I <laughs> I was on a call with like 200 people uh, delivering a workshop for um an organization late linked to the civil service <laughs> You know, I was telling them something to do and I took a sip of my tea and it just dripped down my chin, down my pink top. You know, it was just like there was tea all over me. And, you know, I had a choice in that moment. And we have, and I think this is the thing, I, I think it's one of the things I said is we have choice. And too often we surrender that choice to other people, which is, you know, and this is all about taking back your power. And actually in that moment, I chose to go, that is this a mistake. There's nothing I could do about it. I can either choose to now make it my focus and impact me and make me think about that all the time and not deliver very well and stumble and stutter because I'm so busy getting in the narrative of what that means of what I'm making it mean about me i.e oh my goodness look at my made a mistake everybody must be laughing at me they must think I'm so clumsy they must think I'm stupid I don't look professional you know I can I, I can do that or I can go hey guys I just spilled tea down myself oh my goodness could can't even believe it and you see here's the learning when we drop DT or when we make a mistake let's just call it out and move on which is what I did and it's like and it was a great lesson actually in the moment <laughs> I was talking about the tools of empowerment and actually too often we allow ourselves to get taken up by the issue the the mistake and not recognize to air is human it's part of our human existence it's how we've learned everything virtually you know the way we learn to walk and so I think one of the things I was said make mistakes like a toddler because toddlers face plant and then they get back up we face plant and we stay there and we make this mean that our life is over and we, you know how terrible it is so for me if I think about that session it's really about saying hey you can change the narrative 
any time you want to because you have the power of choice. And if you choose to see yourself in a light of, I'm a work in progress, I'm a kick-ass person, I can ask questions, I can, I can go for what I want, um, and I don't need to wait on for everybody else, then you show up very differently. But also how you feel about yourself is different. And that that's so important to your well-being. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that's why, you know, I, I, I said to people all the time that feeling down or they want to build their confidence, I said, you've got to follow Magnificent Madeline because she has so many inspiring things on her social media, on LinkedIn, everywhere. Um, but And there was another, I know you and I have also talked offline as well, and there was a phrase that you said, which I love and I've been using it, is, you know, when you're in the workplace and, you know, you're not feeling valued and you you made, you said this line, which I love, and you said that, leaders can dine out on your intelligence yes and yes. I really love that phrase and could you expand for the audience what you mean by yes. dining on someone's intelligence so um the full phrase is um oh it's a question have you ever have you ever been blocked by a manager who was dining because they were dining out on your genius and um and I think this is very common, especially for women, where what happens is, because again, the value piece, we do the most, like we are, we take on everything. And I, I heard this phrase, um, somebody said it, a client of mine actually, who said, and I was interviewing her for something, and she said, one of the pieces of advice she was given was do not own the problem in the room. And we're very good as women as owning the problem in the room. We wanna go, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that. And so we overload ourselves and we do all the work. So then, and then we're doing our boss's work, you know? And so then we we get dig ourselves into a hole that nobody wants to take us out of because we make people look good. And because we make them look good, they're not going to promote us. Why would they promote us? Because if they promote us, they no longer have us to do everything. And so in effect, they are dining out on our genius, on our intelligence, on our work ethic. And sometimes what we need to do is not do so much. Not again, this goes back to validation. We're saying, I need to, we get the job and then we go, I've got to prove myself. No, you proved yourself in the interview. Yes. That's why they picked you. So now what you need to do is just do your job. Stop doing everybody else's job. And because when you do, you dig yourself into the hole that nobody wants to take you out of. Because if I move you, then some of the things that maybe are my job that you're doing for me, I then have to do. And maybe I'm not. You know, We assume that just because somebody's in a position of leadership that they're confident or that they're competent. Not necessarily. Absolutely. So, that's something I think I've learned over the years now is like stay in your lane because like you say when you do all those things and then you feel either you're not feeling valued or like you're like why am I doing this you know how did I get into this this hole um so staying in your lane you're right it's, it's so so important as well and and you know and I, I think like setting boundaries as well I think I've learned a lot from some of your talks just setting those boundaries um so I absolutely love that so um Obviously, after listening to you at Wackle, um, the Wackle event, I, I started to Google Madeline um, and I came across what I think you, on your page and your LinkedIn page, you, there's a TED talk you did about mm. human behaviours and fire starters. And, you know, when you for the audience listening, you you listen to this talk talking about fire, fires around the world and then it start, leads into human behaviours. And I absolutely loved it because it's talking about that the toxic behaviours in, in, in a work environment or generally in any environment. Could you explain um, briefly to the audience what you yeah. meant in your TED talk? 
Yeah, so uh, I basically used the fact, I think it was uh, it was 2019 I did this TED Talk, and I used the fact that there had been so many fires around the world. Um, we also often talk about the Amazon, like a lot of the Amazon is on fire, but there are actually lots of other places in the world that are on fire. And I wanted to use it as an example about human behavior and what we do, because there are, I mean, you know, some people say they're full, but there are two main types of fire. One is canopy fire and canopy fire is where um this fight fire it's often accidental or maybe purposeful um, and this fire is where literally everything burns you know it burns the grass it burns everything it burns the trees it burns everything and then basically the fire can jump um from one area to another and, you know, because of the, the um, oxygen that it gains and, and it's like, oh, my goodness, this is terrible. And then there is ground fires and often noted by Native Americans who would start a ground fire, which would be a controlled fire that would burn the burn the kind of like the debris on the, the forest floor in order then for new um new plant life um, and for biodiversity to actually just to grow and, and develop. Whereas the canopy fire is just destructive. And I was just relating canopy fire is very much a lot of what we experience definitely in toxic workplaces. You know, the person who, and actually it doesn't just start in workplace. If we go back to school, you know, there's that teacher who, you know, they're not encouraging. We all know the one, right? They're not being encouraging. They, you know, I remember a teacher, it was just like, oh, well, you're not going to do well. You're not going to do, you're not going to pass. And it was like, okay, there was no kind of, this is what you need to do to grow. It was just negativity. You know, it's the person, something new has come into the organization and, and it's change, but they're like, they don't say anything in meeting, but at the coffee machine, they're bitching, you know, they're going on and they just spread negativity you know nothing good and so and then there's the adverse which is the ground fire which is the person who's willing to say hey this isn't right and this is what we need to but this is what we need to do sorry I'm going to sneeze excuse me um excuse me so um and and it's like and there are those people you know like the friend where who's going to say mm, don't wear that don't wear that you need to that doesn't really flatter you and when we think about canopy fire there's the friend who lets you wear whatever because actually it's about them looking good not you looking good and you being next to them making them look even better and so often what happens is we do need ground fire we need to be here the things where we need to be imp improved and sometimes it does it hurts right however you can appreciate that it's something to help you develop and grow like we all know the teacher who sat us down and said this essay isn't where it needs to be but this is what you need to do to improve it um and that's what we what we need human behavior is such we are the ones who stop the most fires in the world um actual physical fires but we are also the people who start the most emotional fires where and a lot of them are canopy fires where we are destroying other people in our carelessness and actually can we be more careful can we be more think more around those ground fires which yes they feed back 
but they seek to build up, not just destroy. Absolutely. Love that explanation. So any of you guys want a bit more detail about it, Google the TED Talk of Human Behaviours with um, Madeleine McQueen. But and, that, and that's what, when I listened to it, it you know, reminded me of those leaders that we've met in our work, in the workplace who have, you know, given you that, your end of year review and either made mm. you feel so boosted and motivated to like, this is what I can, how you can be great. Or you get those leaders who make you walk out and feel quite deflated and yes. you think, why am I bothered? So this is so relatable in so many ways. I just love the way you did that fire starter moment because it's so relatable in so many different topics. Um, so I love that. So, you know, I, you know even anyone that knows you on social media knows you're so bubbly. You're an award winning lady. You're just so inspirational. Um, but I know you've had challenges um, mm. in your, you know, many years ago as well to do with um, your personal life. Are you able to share a bit more about what you went through? Yeah. In the so, I, I mean, I can. People always look, you know, I, I was told this years and years ago and, and I was like, the, the the phrase is it takes 10 years to be an overnight success I don't think I'm an overnight success but I know <laughs> I'm successful than I was 10 years ago um and what what people don't understand is the journey and I don't think we talk enough about the journey we we see somebody and we want to go yeah yeah look how great and it's like actually what have they been through what's brought them here and I, I think my experiences have definitely brought me here and they inform my work um so you know, I can tell you that I, you know, I'm the youngest of six girls. I grew up, you know, both parents, um, you know, in Leicester. And when I was 10, um, my dad died very, very suddenly. And that had a real impact on me and my sisters and my mom. Um, and, you know, those things, they, they shape you, they shape your world, they shape how you look at things. Um, and so I had to grow up very quickly or felt that I needed to grow up very quickly because of learning, you know, finding out that life at very young, I found out that life was fleeting. Um, I I moved to London. Uh, I didn't have a job. <laughs> I got a job in my first two weeks. I, I lived with a friend, uh, got a job in the first two weeks as the ideal salesperson because uh, I was coming from customer service into it. And, um, you know, I, I was also moving because I met my um, then boyfriend. Uh, we'd been dating for four years, distance. And it was like, okay, if we're going to move this forward, we're going to have to be in the same city. Um, and, you know, we got married and, you know, we've been through the the redundant like he got made redundant like five weeks after we got married um I you know my job I had to change my job maybe about a year after we got married he got pregnant had a had a baby you know and even that that's a story in its own right about um how long you get left you know as women of color the expectation that we can suffer more um and then you know we went to have another baby and um I had a miscarriage and that was devastating absolutely devastating and you know once you have something that happens in your life you start to do a little bit more research to see can understand what's going on and realize how often it happens how many people are going through it and how little it's spoken about and that miscarriage you know I had a great doctor who for me it was great for some people who may say oh well not sure but he was just like you're primed go again and I did go again um and, and and had our youngest daughter Lauren um but in you know a part of that journey through that journey was I left my job uh because I had a second child and I was like 
I cannot the, going back to work the childcare was too much in fact the reason why I had the miscarriage in the first place was related to work related stress um and I just said I'm not losing another baby so I left straight away and kind of during that period of time well just before my husband had started a business and we're like okay cool uh and then literally most probably about four months into Lauren's life the whole market for IT consultancy fell through the floor back in 2002 and suddenly we had no income and that was just awful and we had a mortgage two small children and it was just like you know four and one it's like it was unbelievable struggle and I, I, I remember being the woman you know going out with like 72 pence in my pocket taking the children to the library or going to the um the second hand shop which my daughter called the one hand shop you know and just like where I was getting things from and doing and, and just yeah um I homeschooled for a while um I, ju I just it was it was hard we went through some really maybe about 13 really hard years. And um, somehow we put our oldest daughter in private school because she got a really bad school, like a 14% ADC pass rate. We were like over our dead bodies and we were running a, you know, we were running our own business and trying to build, but also we'd made a commitment we would always be there for our kids. And so, you know, we started another business again, you know, we just, and it's easy. People say, oh, just go back to work. We're going back to work with, two small children um you know people don't talk about how expensive it is how much money that takes um and also we knew we didn't want to I knew I didn't want to not after some of the things I'd been through some of the experiences I'd had working and I was doing really well you know as I was like yeah you know for me I was like I'm gonna go for director I'm gonna you know and I was a corporate account manager I had got to sales manager looking after a team and stuff but yeah, it was really distressing. And when you think about some of the, these things, you know, we, we had to sell our house and start all over again. And we were renting. And so recently, you know, last year, the end of last year, we bought our first house, not first house, third house um, of, of having houses. And, you know, we're back on the property market after 19 years of not being on the property market. And it's just testament to the fact that life throws you curveballs. You have to decide if you're going to get your bat out and, you know, hit them or if you're just going to let them knock you over. And I've always been determined to see what's possible. Um it makes a difference. Are there challenges? Yes. I mean, like, I, I'm just giving you a very brief overview. There's yeah. a lot more within that. You know, I can I can talk for days about the struggles and the challenges and having to sell our house, having to start all over again, you know, how the debt mounted up, how, you know, I've, my credit rating is, you know, I've only just got my credit rating back after, you know, a decade and a half um nearly two decades you know because you ruin it when you kind of don't go back to work um yeah. you're trying to do everything and I suppose the quest the real thing I want people to understand is especially when it comes to well-being is outlook is everything mindset is everything you are always going to have challenges come your way they they change depending on what you're going through and you can say oh it's all right for you actually i've been through i've really been through and 
uh, you know, being in my mid fifties, being of this age, what I've learned is things pass. It doesn't stay like it forever and you can change it. And it may not be overnight, but you can change it by changing your outlook on what's possible for you. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that because the, the phrase I sometimes use is the storm does pass. I know when you're in it, you just can't see it, but eventually it passes and it's not always going to be that way. And sure. and thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that, you know, that that's, that's really going to resonate with a lot more people. But I think it's such a lonely time having a miscarriage because like you say, not people don't talk about it enough. So some people culturally won't talk about it or they just frown upon it. But it's interesting when you said, you know, like, losing that baby made you really relook really at your life and what you want you want to be there for your kids I think a lot of people go through those they give everything to their workplace or to some, mm. something or someone and they realize hang on a minute it wasn't worth sacrificing all of that for this um, and it's really you know that moment is what really transformed your life and your vision of the future um, so thank yes. you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in terms of that low point, and now to, I, I'm not, I know the journey is still rising for you. You're mm. still, there's so much for you to do, but how did you get from that sort of um, challenging time into these, like you're on stage and you're doing these most amazing talks about confidence building. Like, how did you find that? Like, is confidence like your niche or your, you know, women was your niche. How did you find that? Oh, uh, you know what? I think the most important thing, for people to remember is it's journeys not destinations um I think sometimes we make everything about I need to know my purpose and I've got to have a real clear and it's like actually follow your heart like allow yourself to flow so for me I you know I I was in customer service uh you know working start in sales working when I left I was kind of I was I wanted to do a something so I started a little bit of sales consulting and the business consulting I do I did a coaching course uh because it was kind of new and uh I just started working a lot of my work has always been word of mouth just like speaking to people I knew or somebody would say oh you know uh speak to Madeline um, and I struggled for so long. I had no idea, honest to goodness. Every week it was another thing that I would say I would do. But I recognized the underlying thread was confidence, but I kind of resisted it. But I would work with business owners and find myself working on their confidence, because if you don't have any confidence in yourself, how are you supposed to grow that business? It seeps into the business. And so that's where it kind of started. Um and I was starting to realize I'm doing more confidence work. And I decided to kind of put my stake in the ground several years ago and go, okay, uh, this is the work that I do. Since I'm always working with business owners, I might as well work with leaders. So let me work with the leaders. Um, again, word of mouth, um, ended up working with the leader. And, and, and as I've worked with my clients, been recommended I've been building my equation you know which I now call it an equation I say you know I work on based on three words clarity confidence empowerment and in the last couple of years I've like actually that equals thrive like when you when you're like there you thrive so it's been a revealing you know ah this is what it is I'm naturally positive you know when you're the youngest of six girls it's <laughs> you have to have a positive <laughs> um I'm a cancer baby you know I'm a July baby I'm a sunshine baby so it's very much about positivity for me I'm very good and I've always been this way at tearing something about 
part to build it back up again. Um, and so all of those things inform my work. And it's just, again, having conversations with myself, spending time, I journal, I've been journaling since 1999. That was one of the things I know, Wackle, uh, I said, you need to do. Um, yeah. And it's like having honest and open conversations with myself about what floats my boat. Um, I think that's a really important thing. And, and also I used to have a speech that I did which was called Mind the Gap. And this is about minding the gap between, you know, how you show up in all the different places so you can ultimately be truly who you are. I truly believe in being my authentic self wherever I am. That is not easy for everybody, for sure. I'm afforded the freedom of doing that because I run my own business. Um, but for me, the more you close those gaps between the different personas that you play in different places, the more you feel settled in who you are, the better you feel and the better well-being you're going to have because you're going to put yourself at the top of the list. But also you haven't got the stress of pretending in different Absolutely. places. Absolutely. I love how you said about your journaling, because I do that every night. I have like, you know, I'm amazing. I'm abundant. But after your talk at Wackle, I now end it also with I am magnificent. So that's you, I've added that to my gratitude journaling every night. So I loved it. But, you know, I think, you know, this is why I think confidence is so, so important. And it's something we can all learn and we can all grow and develop ourselves in. So I really do encourage all the listeners to follow Madeline McQueen on all socials because, you know, this is just a little bite size of what Madeline does. But if you just following you, Madeline, you're so um, empowering. And, uh, you know, and I think one thing I love about the podcast is, Madeline, someone's going to listen to it that you're never ever going to meet and mm. you've made a difference you know I you know I've I, I talked about this a lot in my podcast that you know the podcast is sort of going global it's, it's reaching like Israel Japan and you think wow like just by sharing a talk on a podcast where it can go and who it can help is amazing um so I really really encourage everyone to follow you um but Madeline thank you so much we just got a um a closing question so as the podcast is called now I know I would like the audience to come away from the podcast and say now I know about confidence for our well-being so Madeline with everything you've been through what do you wish you knew about confidence in your younger years to help you overcome any challenges that you faced so I think there's a couple of things I'd like to very quickly say. One is the first thing is that conf my confidence is in my hands. Um, the second thing is, is that confidence is like a graphic equalizer. It's situational. Um, we've made confidence as you're either confident or you're not. And I think that that's actually impacting people's confidence um, when actually it depends on the situation. It depends on the action. It depends on so many different things. And so we've all worked in a team, maybe with a manager who's eroded our confidence, you know, and then we move into another team and our confidence is, is boosted. And so instead of us going, well, that means I'm not a confident person. I'd really love people to know that confidence, when we're thinking about confidence in your well-being, it's not a birch for your back to, to beat yourself over the head with and tell yourself you're not confident because in the right situation with the right people, your confidence will just blossom. And so that if that's the case, that means that you have the power to do some work on you to practice confidence um, and to 
look at what you've already done that shows you that you're a capable, you know, worthwhile person. It's all sitting there within you. And so the more you give that time for reflection, that's positive reflection. We're always reflecting on the negative, but if we can positively reflect on the positive and believe that what we bring to the table has value, then it's going to really affect our well-being um, and how we feel about ourselves and what's possible for us. Thank you so much, Madeline. Pure nuggets of information, pure gold, golden nuggets for everybody to take away with. Thank you so much. Um, so for those listening and wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way you think people can come and connect with you? Yeah, you can connect with me um, on LinkedIn. That is um, Madeline McQueen. Uh, uh, I am, I think, the main Madeline McQueen on LinkedIn. So forth, in forward slash Madeline McQueen. Um, and that's M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E and uh, Mac with no A. Um, and then uh, on Instagram, I'm the Madeline McQueen. Uh, I came off of Twitter. Ugh, uh, it's a dangerous place. Um, <laughs> And if you want to find my site, it is literally madelinemcqueen.com. So there are the best ways to find me. Uh, and if you want to send me an email, you can send that to hel hello um, at madelinemcqueen.com. Wonderful. We'll put all the links in the podcast and the, and the, the YouTube um, description so everyone can connect with you. But mm. Madeline, thank you so much for your time. And I hope the listeners have come away feeling more confident and more empowered and Check out um, Madeline's talks on TED Talks and her LinkedIn videos. They're really, really amazing. So, Madeline, thank you so much for your time. And we hope someone's taken something away from today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute blast. I appreciate you and I appreciate the podcast. Thank you.